This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 465, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. You beautiful things, you. Pick the Week podcast. This is episode 465. I'm Josh Flanagan, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hey, Josh. And apparently Paul Montgomery is on a train. <laughs> he is on a train. That's he not is. even a joke. Yeah. I like it as a literal thing. I I, but I, I like that he's leaving his town. He doesn't often leave his town. No. It's or so- his house. So this is all of this is a, is a plus. I can, I can only imagine it's by gunpoint. <laughs> uh... Come with us now if you want to live. Okay. He'll be back next week. Uh, we are iFanboy. We like comic books. Every week we read a bunch of them. One of us picks the one they thought was the best book. Uh, we call that the pick of the week. And we talk about it on the podcast. We're going to talk about other books from the week and some other stuff. This should be an interesting conversation uh, mm-hmm. today um, following that stuff. Uh, you know what? I take it back. It'll all be interesting. I don't mean to minimize Don't, don't act do. like it's going to be an unusual thing that the conversation is interesting. Well, it could go either way. What am I wasting my life for then? Well, that's a long. There's right, right, right. This is an interesting conversation, but we don't have time for it. Uh, before we get going, we're going to talk about what happens in the book. So if you haven't read them and you're worried about being spoiled, you are warned now. Come back and listen to them after you've read them. You can see a list of what the books are. It's not our problem, buddy. Yeah. We do what we can. It's true. But you know, you're on your own. Uh, so come back after you've read them, or just listen, because honestly, you know, eh, who cares? It's not like this is the Walking Dead television show getting spoiled for everybody in the world except a few people. Ouch. Which is ironic, given that the comic book is never, ever spoiled. It's funny, right? Yeah. Connor, you had the pick. I you did. You can tell that because I'm talking. The last pick for me for 2014, and it's Birthright, number three, from Image Comics. Josh Williamson, Andre Bresson, and uh, Adriana Lucas is the colorist. Pat Brousseau is the letterer. And uh, first of all, thanks to everyone who told us on Twitter and on our website that we should be reading this book. Because I skipped past it. And this, so this, for me, this book joins the pantheon of books that we were recommended that we loved, like Checkmate way back in the day, and Scott Pilgrim even. And because, you know, we used to read, we, used, we usually read a lot of stuff, but every once in a while something slips through the cracks. I actually read this before that happened. Well, I just I'm saying it for me and, me and Paul. Well, I'm just saying don't lump me in with the people who don't know what's going on. Although, to be fair, mostly I don't know what's going right. on. So Paul and I talked about when the first issue came, or the second issue came out, how we didn't read it originally. Anyway, thank you. Um, Birthright is a really interesting and fun series, and what I like about it is there's a lots of things going on, and they're all good. And in the, in the, so, in the story of the book, if you haven't read it, is that the first issue opens with a little kid and the father playing fetch in the park. Not even catch; he was like, "Go get the ball." And I've, uh, the kid, I've been there. kid runs in the woods <laughs> and ends up uh, through some magical portal in another dimension. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings esque. And uh, the, while he's off in that world, the family's life is falling apart, as often happens when a kid goes missing in, in our world. And I thought that was going to be the story. And I thought that was going to be really interesting. And then, about, then the, the big twist and the first issue was that actually the kid comes back many years later as an old like barbarian warrior. And he must now save Earth from, what's hap- from the other side bleeding into it and 
Meanwhile, in the intervening years, his family's completely fallen apart. His parents have gotten divorced, and his brother's, uh, you know, missing his missing his brother, and he's getting into trouble. And then you find out actually the kid came back. He's evil. He's he's working for the the um, big bad yeah. in the other dimension. He's been corrupted. Right. Well, he's coming back with evil intent, which is to take over Earth. And so now we have. But he, but everyone thinks he's here. It's sort of like a Terminator scenario, right? I mean, that's what I thought in this issue because they're, they, this is the one where they bust mm-hmm. out of the police station uh, because they obviously he yeah. got arrested, and so here he's uh, taking all the cops out while he's getting away. And I thought very much. I can't of, wait to see them retread this same comic book in thirty years. <laughs> oh God! So uh, this, I, it, it reminds me. Come with me if you want to it, live. Seriously, uh, it reminds me very <laughs> much of when they, when they. When Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator yeah. posted up out of the police station. Anyway, so now you've got parallel storytelling going on, which is we're watching. And what is his name? What is the main character's name? I don't know. Jim. Mike. Chris? Mike. Conan Mikey. guy. Mikey. Pretty sure it's Conan guy. Conan guy. We're watching Mikey's development in the past in the other dimension. So we we in this issue we get scenes of him literally first in the dimension trying to find his way home. And then being uh, found and saved from a giant couple of giant monsters, and then we're seeing him in the real world, Conan guy, on a sort of crazy road trip with his brother and dad as they escape the police because the mom wants nothing to do with it, because uh, you know moms, and uh, and so we're seeing them going to track down the first of five evil mages. That's what he claims his his. Uh, his his quest is and that's some that's some classic broadcast energy transmitter stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the first evil mage, and he's sitting on a porch somewhere in a rural town. Looks like Josh's fantasy life. Uh, although there's it's a, all, it's too close. There's an evil cat, and he's and uh, so they're going to go kill him or something. And I I just like that. There's a lot of interesting things happening. I like I would, and I'd almost be fine if any of these were the story. Mm-hmm. Like if the book was just him as a kid in the dimension, I'd want to read that. If the book was just them on this crazy road trip, I'd want to read that. And the art is fantastic from Andre Bresson. Well, and that's really the thing that I, I think a, I wanted like, to tour de force issue up. with all the monsters in the other it, dimension. It, it, is that I think originally I heard I'd heard from somebody like, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, the art's not great. And I'm going through this, and I'm thinking it's that's I don't remember who said it. What lunatic I, said that? I I don't remember. Was it you? How's that? It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna say I don't remember. Does <laughs> I that don't help recall, you, Senator? Um, <laughs> and uh, but I'm looking. So that's like stuck in my head, and I'm going through. I'm going. What are they nuts? Yes. From a couple of standpoints. Um, from the one standpoint that I think the book is the absolute strongest in is a fantasy design standpoint. Mm-hmm. The monsters, the armor, the weapons. The costumes, There's this especially. shot of uh, I don't know what her name is. I think it's a her, and she's riding on top of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a woman. An orc with tusks and a helmet. She's riding an orc, basically. Yeah, yeah. that design altogether. That like battle cat orc thing, and like her helmet, and 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 the pink dreadlocks, and like her little staff. Like, there's just so much going on there. It's wonderful oh, fantasy design. It's, I'm looking it's at the like, five mages page. Yeah, and those are all great designs. Yeah, exactly. You know, so the the storytelling's pretty strong, but the design is really the thing that that it it works. It works really, really well. And then, sort of, when you get back to the across from that page you're talking about, which is the the mages, mm-hmm. and you see them getting in the car and driving away, <laughs> which is funny. Like that's hatchback. that's almost simpler, right? 
like like look at the like the faces in the third panel. Like it, it's a little somni going on there, and the color is really nice. The color is great. The way that they, they, they imply the driving with the red yeah. streaks on the side. I I'm just impressed. The hatchback's got all that headroom for the giant Conan guy. You would be surprised what the people with <laughs> Kia are doing. <laughs> I get people compl- surprised all the time. Actually, that, a Mini that is a Subaru Forester, and uh. I can I can vouch for that headroom. It's a, it's a nice roomy car. That's uh, that specific model. <laughs> I just think this is great. I really do. And everyone who posted about it was right. And it, it, you know we we keep banging this drum, but it's another example of an image book that is telling a different kind of story and telling it really well, and hopefully finding success in it. I, yeah, I, I okay, think this, this is great. This will be a movie. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 be honest. It's on Skybound, for God's sake. I'm looking through this, and I'm, I can't find a reason why someone would tell you this is bad art. Um, I don't know. And I don't I like, literally, it, it, it was just like sort of a thing that somebody mentioned, so it's the only thing I think of as I read it. Um, it's not bad. I think it was just that, like, well, no, no the art could be better. Conan well, guy's I, got I, some amazing hair. I, I guess if it was Frank Quitely, it could yeah. be better. But other than that, I think it works perfectly for what it is. And I really... Yeah, the kids look like kids. They don't look like little tiny adults, yeah. which is always a plus for a book with kids in it. And and, uh, and, and the, the face of yeah, Conan guy yeah. is, is sort of youthful underneath all that, which yeah. I like. Uh, you know, like the, like they'll do the sort of somber look at his face, and 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 he kind of you can see like there's a kid under there. You can see like an innocence, or maybe you know maybe I'm putting there there in my mind, but uh, it's definitely definitely pretty good. Who do you think the main character of this book is going to be? The brother, the the brother. That's what I think too. The redhead brother. Yes. And he's by main the character, well, clearly the, the main character is Conan Guy because he's the star of both. But I yeah, think but he's, he's the antagonist. So who's the? No, but he's 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 Terminator. I mean, right, he, so was, the, I think I I was when I read the first when I read the second issue, I thought to myself, okay, I think the the, the brother's going to end up being the hero of this story. It has to be. Yeah. And the the, you know, here here's the, here's the thing, the mother's kind of horrible in this. Yeah. And it's a little bit one of those things. If you were looking at it from a male fantasy perspective, it's kind of unfair that she got the the raw end of the deal. So, I think that. They're gonna have to have her come around in some way, and she's gonna get her heroic moment. Maybe like she's in denial right now, which makes her horrible. But then again, when it comes back around from a from a storytelling standpoint, it's gonna be pretty tough for the dad to dig his way out of the <laughs> "I left you on the curb" <laughs> scenario, because even if he was right, which he is, right, you are not talking your way out of "You left me on the curb." Well, they're already said, they already hate each other, so it's I fine. know. But he said to her like, "You make she made her choice," and I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> even from a divorce perspective, I just was like, "Oh, that's that's gonna hurt. That's Ow. gonna be a problem." Gonna hear about that another time. But but she she's got a she's got a good opportunity to have like a really neat turnaround at some point, or maybe not, because her son actually is is corrupted by evil. And I like that, by the way, that he has not been turned because he decided to go with the bad guys, right. but because you know he he was defeated and they sort of took him over, which which obviously leaves a story point open, but it, it also allows you to feel compassion for him. I mean, it gives him the wiggle room that he can yeah. still make his heroic turn back to the good side, but I also like the idea of the brother who is you know literally hero worshiping him now. Yeah, uh, being you know having to save the day, but we'll see he's where pretty, it goes. He's pretty badass. I liked the I, just quickly before we wrap this up. I liked the moment when the, the mother does refuse to go, and and there's that sort of quiet panel where he wasn't expecting it. You know, mm-hmm. he he thought his mom would want to come with him because it's his mom. 
She's not convinced yet. She's, she was she's so gotta go I, sleep with the cop. She's got it works because she's so. I mean, it's hard to lose your kid, so she's she's no absolutely. Up on it. But I just liked that as a quiet moment where he didn't think that was even a possibility. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. If he's eight or whatever. Yeah. You know. Good stuff. Uh, Birthright's yeah. really good. It is. It's a good book. I think it's the best thing that uh, Josh Williamson has done. I think and so. And he's had a he's had a pretty spectacular year uh, for a guy who who has mostly remained on the indie side of things. So now there's a new Hellboy book. I I fear that you have made a mistake. Uh oh. What do you mean? You didn't read this, right? No. I'm gonna just say some names to you, and I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna give you a summary, and I'm gonna give you some information. Well, first, and the then title you tell of me, the book. Huh? To first, tell people the title of the book. It's Hellboy and the BPRD, 1952. Oh, so you didn't put the full title in the script here. You know what? I can't be responsible for everything. I'm going to go on. Right. The uh, writing team, as always with these stories, is Mike Mignola and John, Ar- John Arcudi. You know what you're going to expect with that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The penciler is Alex Maleev, colored by Dave Stewart. Interesting. So what you've got here is Hellboy going on his first mission with the VPRD, where mm-hmm. Professor Broom says, hey, you know what? Take him along. And then the guys on the team, there's always three oh, or four guys. we don't want to... Yeah, no, one of them wants to, one of them doesn't, one of them hates him. You know, Are that's they divorced? The <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they, they fly down to, I don't know, South America or something like that. It doesn't matter. Alex Maleev drew it. But and how Dave was Stewart it? Because I wouldn't think of him as a guy to draw a book featuring lots of monsters and things. It works. Yeah. It works a lot. He drew this. It doesn't look super photo-y. And also, like, the contrast of what Hellboy looks like compared to like the sort of more realistic humans mm-hmm. it doesn't look nearly as photo referency it's you know like he has a little bit of a spectrum right no i absolutely and i wasn't look- even thinking of that i just think of his style mm-hmm. i wouldn't necessarily immediately think of him for hellboy i wouldn't even think of him at all which so that's right. interesting to me it works i might look into that yeah it very much works and i, th- I think that that this is this is my favorite era of bprd the 50s the post-war Early, yeah, post-war, early, like Hellboy's fully grown. Like, I like the kid stories, but there's only so far you can go with that. Mm-hmm. But, like, the coming-of-age Hellboy, like, to see him where he is at this point, how everybody reacts to him at first, he's not famous yet. And, like, you can do that really fun thing where... Think of the range of reactions that people are going to have to seeing that person. Right. You know, in the modern, quote-unquote, era, the current one, like, everybody knows him. You know, everybody... Yeah. You know, so it, there's not that same sort of shock, I guess, uh, about him. So here you have to watch him. And some of them are like, "Yeah, he's fine. He's here to help." And that's, you know, um, what are what are they? What, so what is the deal with Hellboy and BPRD now? Where are they at story? I mean, this has been going on for 20 years. The current. And we've been doing these these era books, right? We did all those yeah. 40s books, and now they're, I guess they're doing the 50s. Like, what is this story going? Well, the well, the current status quo is that Hellboy is in hell. Um, and the article that I read this week featuring an interview with Mike Mignola said that Hellboy is in hell specifically because he didn't want to keep drawing the real world anymore. <laughs> it's like, ah, I didn't want to deal with perspective and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and ignore the fact that I read that because I really don't like Hellboy in hell all that much. Um, I mean, you know, it's Mignola, it's pretty to look at, oh crap, blah, blah, blah. Now over in BPRD, it's, we're, in the, we're in the hell on earth, right. which is the whatever it is that has been building up with the frog monsters and the whatever mm-hmm. have completely taken over. So it's sort of like a, an Armageddon of sorts, which I believe is what the prophecy of the Hellboy thing was, except he's not the king because 
you know, so, uh, you know, this probably all will come around and he'll be the one instead of to destroy the earth, to save the earth. Uh, I can't remember the, his name. He's like magic name, Rama, Tamsin, Lusin, Muspel, whatever. I'm sorry, um, what? He's got some name, like uh, Anang. Um, oh, fuck. What the, I should know this. I used, I used to know, like, the Hellboy, like, his true well, name. one like, thing is he, clear. He's not going to work here anymore. Nah, he's not going <laughs> to. Now I have to look that up because it's going to drive me nuts. Right, so that's interesting. I would actually look into that because. I, I think you I should. Been, I haven't been reading. I was reading them in trades for a while, but I haven't read the new ones, but that's interesting. At least it also could be possible that some of the things that made you not like the previous preview copies are fixed. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's a little behind the scenes for you kids out there. <laughs> Action Comics 37. 36 was the... I'm sorry, 36. Or is it 36, 35? 37. 37. I'm looking, I opened the wrong issue. 37. Issue 36 was the pick of the week. 37 yeah. was probably the runner-up this week. Anang on Rama. I was, I was really close. <laughs> I was really close. I was like, Ramadan, Ram... No, that's... Anang on Rama? Anang on Rama. Okay. Hellboy's better. It's snappier. Well... Anyway, maybe from from your Western perspective, Action Comics thirty seven was the runner up pick of the week this week. I really like this story, and I really like Aaron Cooper. I I I didn't think that I would like this story based on sort of my personal preferences. And the last one, I was like, no, it's it's well done, but it's not really my thing. But I really did, yeah. Actually, I and and and, and on top of all that, and I, I you know this is going to sound like a, a repeat, but like I, I, Aaron Cooter impressed the hell out of me. Yes. I'm really it was and it was the moment that there was a flashback and he mm-hmm. did that he did it in a different style and I stopped and I looked at the front to see if there was a guest artist for those I was like oh no he did the whole thing like that and I just I I was really nice I thought it was cool that they didn't have to bring anybody else in to do that thing and the more I read it the more I was thinking like this is really refreshing for for DC comics of the last 3 4 years yeah to have a guy like this who is atypical for what would be their it's 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 a left turn from what they would normally do and I, I like He never that. would have been on a book in the launch period. Ooh. You know, when it was no, all not, very not a- 90s eyes. And uh, this is great. And I think what's interesting is it's very much a, sort of a bottle, up, bottle episode story, right? Because they're all trapped in Smallville. Mm-hmm. And I did like the bit where he was going so fast he could get out of the trap for a second, but he would be pulled back in. And then I liked the toy man or toy kid, however he's, whatever he is, thinking mm-hmm. he could monetize the fog. Into, and then he gets pulled in. Like, I thought there was a lot of fun things going on in here. And then... Uh, just the art is wonderful. Okay. And the Beard Superman's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely. So another good issue if you're a Superman fan. And what's gonna be interesting too is that apparently they're they're changing his costume uh with in over in Superman with Ramita. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that hopefully that'll bleed into other books and I'll be interested to see what that's all about. Because mm-hmm. if I'm Ramita, I'm coming in going, No. This has gotta this has gotta go. Too many lines. Yeah. Too many lines. Now, did you pick up the private ad number nine under the deadline of the show? No. You did not? No. Have you dropped off this book? Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. When did you drop off of it? I'm not sure. But a while back. It really had to do with the way that it comes out, and I am not equipped to deal with the random nature of that. Mm-hmm. And as such, I got behind. And then once I got behind, I thought, I'm going to catch up on that at some point. And I, I am. Like I, I need to just load a bunch of them up on my iPad before I go on like a flight or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this is this is to me, you know, frankly, the Wednesday structure works very well for me. 
Right. I know what to hit. I know what's come out. I get those things. See, I just get I get an email from them, and I go download it. I do too, but I might be doing something else at the time. Like I have to. You know, it's like I got too much going on. It's it's not. This isn't a problem for other people, but that's that's what happened with me specifically. Well, this is the second to last issue, so if you want to if you want to wait for however many months, I'm, and then, I'm totally going to do that. And I'm pretty sure they're going to put out a PDF of the entire run in one file. I'm fairly certain they're going to do that. They've been talking about that. The letters pages. That's the version of trade. Anyway, um, so I don't know if you remember the story or not, but it's basically the. Um, these bad guys are trying to launch the internet, you know, trying to bring the internet back. So they've been, they've been killing people who've been trying to stop them and they're getting ready to shoot a satellite up into space to bring the internet back. And so we're getting close to that point. But this issue was really great because it featured a flashback to PI, the main character's childhood. And we get to see his cranky old gramps as a younger crank, less, slightly less cranky old, old gramps. And I thought that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Like he's got some hair, Smoking, see, smoking some marijuana cigarettes at a funeral, and he's just one of the best characters in comics. I, I often I've referred to him in in real life and tried to explain why it was interesting to people yeah. who don't read it and it doesn't go over well, but it is. <laughs> so this is this is just us barreling towards the climax of the story. You know the um the, this this is this reminded me actually of Spies Like Us because there's a they're just trying to stop a big giant missile launch and there's, so there's a fight around a big giant missile. And uh, actually, in this issue, lots of people get stabbed and or shot. And since this is only a 10-issue story, and since it's you know, not going to continue, uh, there's really no one is safe in this story, right? It's not like you know that Batman is going to make it out alive at the end, right? Mm-hmm. No one, everyone could die. The internet could come back. It could go badly. And so when some of the main characters get injured here, possibly fatally, it could be it. This could be, you know, for them. So it's interesting to have that sense of mortal danger in a story like this because you know, most of these books don't have that. And no, hardly ever. And so uh, we'll see. To be concluded, and, you know, spoiler alert, the rocket goes off with the internet satellite on it. So we'll see if they end up bringing it back. We all, I mean, Brian K. Vaughan is sort of a famous Luddite in comics, right? He said in the letters page he doesn't have any social media, doesn't do any of that stuff. And, and so it's been fun to see his take on the internet and as it's the internet as sort of the, the bad guy and we'll see if he ends up we'll see how he ends his story with him bringing it back or not do you feel like an, an, an enormous amount of envy for his position yes yeah oh absolutely he says yeah. it, he says it either here in the previous issue because i read the back i read them back to back because you're right. They, they, I don't know how frequently they come out infrequently. So I read the, this one in, uh, eight and nine together. And uh, one of these letters pages, he said he does. You know, his, his life is about much more happier with, since he dropped off of all social media and, and stuff like that. So, because he used to have like uh, uh, he had a really popular message form, board. Message board. Yeah. That he shut down rather famously. But mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Martin is still the man on these. He's a he's an he's an excellent artist. He is fantastic, and the world building is still great. So, Private Vadai number nine uh, tends the final issue. We'll see when that comes out, but I'm looking forward to that one. And then we also had Gotham Academy number three this week. And you, I missed, now you're going with this. I missed the discussion that you guys had for the first one. I wasn't on the show for it, um, and I was very conflicted about that issue because I felt like I'd missed an issue. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was all these new characters and there was no explanation for who they were or anything. And I was very confused. And I just feel like that's the style. It's like, okay, we're going to drop you into the school and you're going to have to figure it out. Like kind of like you're a new student. And I kind of like the Nancy Drew-esque aspect of it. It's like these kids trying to solve mysteries. So, you know, insert anyone you want, Scooby-Doo, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this one just happens to be more supernatural. And, they're the, you know, they're investigating this boarded-up old uh, dormitory building that was they're not allowed to go into, and there was uh, some sort of fire in there. And the main character has flashbacks to maybe she was in the fire. So there's a lot, there's enough interesting things going. I mean, primarily, I really like the Carl Kerschel art a lot. He's someone He's, who we liked a lot when he saw him on Wednesday Comics when he did the Flash story. And uh, so that's fun to see him. But I kind of like the characters the more I get to know them. I just have to get to know them more. And, and you're willing to put in the time. Yeah, I mean, it's... I also like the fact that it's not unusual. It's not a usual big two book. You know, it's a it's a book about a bunch of teen teen girls at a at a boarding school mm-hmm. solving mysteries. So it's not going to be long for this world. I'll just I'll 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 give it a shot. I like to try to support new new endeavors. You know, in Gotham. Well, just no. I mean, if this had been book set in Central City, I would have checked it out. I, I like. I, I just I like that DC is finally with with a bunch of these books. It just happens they're they're in Gotham because. When you have the cachet of Batman attached to you, you can try new things, right? Yeah. yeah. Or at least from yeah. DC's perspective. So um, I, I try to support them, at least. In, in, you know, it may not love them, but I'll, I'll see what I can... I mean, I'm not going to last forever if I don't really dig it. But for now, I'm, I find enough interesting things in there. All right, cool. I will do this next yes. month. Yes. Uh, I'm going to have some water. Stop talking. I thought you had private eye. I wouldn't have, scheduled, I wouldn't have put Hellboy at the top if I knew it's okay. We all learned stuff there. Mm-hmm. I think I think we got gotten a place. We got to discuss the nature of those digital comics. Yes, we can do that. That's fine. So uh, listen, uh, you Me? listener, dear oh. listener, no. Well, I mean, you 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 actually you're valid too. You can contribute. Um, you have a small part to play in what it is we're doing here at iFanboy. First thing, uh, download the podcast, listen, all that stuff. We're going to tell you later. Leave reviews, whatever. Blah blah blah. But. If you're going and shopping on the, on the Amazon.com, uh, you can you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and there will be a link. And that is our affiliate link. You've seen it with other people. You have, you have a choice of whose affiliate link you could be using. Yeah. So if you use ours, we thank you. Um, and I have other friends who have podcasts and such, and they want you to use their link. And uh, go screw. But if you want to help the show out really indirectly, you're buying stuff, especially now over the holiday season or whatever. This is actually a really important time for us. Uh, I guess in terms of what we would say is fundraising, if we were talking about it, we're, in the we're, we're radio not sense. unlike retailers. This is our this is uh, this is where we make yeah. our or 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 Josh or we are like the businesses in Amity and in Jaws. And this is our summer season. Yeah, Amity, as you know, means friendship. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> just like ringing the dinner bell. Um, <laughs> I I I think I really want that jacket with all the anchors on it. <laughs> is that available? I, I almost as, just as want to wear it just to annoy people who will remain nameless. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Jacket. No, I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, that's a really good and sort of a simple way if you're going to buy stuff anyway. Uh, you know, man, you could use a new TV. Maybe use that link. That's a good thing. I just did a bunch of impulse holiday shopping last night using Amazon, using the iFanboy link. So that's, yeah. that's your kind of, if that's your style, if, you're, if you go, oh, fuck, and then you have to start buying a bunch of books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Amazon. I've yeah, it's a good way to Amazon. go. It's a good way to go. Uh, if 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 that's not your bag and you you just you want to and you're able to contribute more directly, you can go to ifanboy.com/registration um, and you can choose a direct 
monetary donation, of course, which we appreciate. This stuff goes to, to paying for, there are bills, there's hosting, there's uh, stuff, there's equipment, there's there's stuff that we have to get, um, and that stuff really helps. Uh, you can do $3 a month or $30 a year. Those are the sort of standard options, but you can, you can customize and choose whatever it is you're comfortable with if you want to help support the show. Um, as I have helped support many of the shows that I listen to, I sent some money to the Serial Podcast, like all middle-class liberal white people. That's what we did. We sent the money because we couldn't help. We were like, okay, you want $10? And we did it because we have to know. Uh, but other, you know, in this sort of new age of media that we're doing here, you kind of you contribute directly to the things that you love. And it's kind of cool. It's Tim democratized. Media. I don't know what that means. Everybody's that has something to do with Tim Cup out with a nickel yeah. in it, shaking, and they're shaking it. Yeah. I thought I thought Kevin Costner was going to come on. Well, that'd be awesome. Well, our numbers would go up if he was on our show. It would go up, but I don't think it would be a great show. Maybe I don't know. He's pretty personable and funny. Yeah, but what does he know about Aaron Cooter? I don't. We talk about whatever. <laughs> this week we're going to have a celebrity on and just talk about whatever. <laughs> talk about Man of Steel. It was Jonathan yeah. Kent. That's true. Where did it all why go did, wrong, Kevin? Why did you? Why did, why, you, did you, why did you have to die? You did not have to die. There was no reason for that to happen. Just That was dumber than Captain America just dive-bombing his plane in the third <laughs> act of the first movie. Why did he do that? It only occurred to me, by the way, because I finished the making of Star Wars book this week. Yeah. It only occurred to me that the Joe Johnston who directed that and then Jurassic oh, you didn't Park know that? movie same, that same Joe was the storyboard guy from yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, didn't uh, I thought that he was the Civil War general. The... <laughs> Even my girlfriend, who's a huge dog lover, was like, well, you don't save the dog in that scenario. <laughs> He's your dad. <laughs> he, did, he doesn't have to die. Yeah. Just, but also, you're also Superman. You can save them both. But if it's a scenario yes. where you choose one or the other, you know, no one's saying kill the maybe, dog. But if it's between I'm, your dad and a dog. I'm saying maybe go back with some of your writing partners and try to figure out a situation where maybe he dies and you couldn't help him. Like a heart attack. That's what makes it tragic. Just something. Something it, that happened. That the thing about Superman's dad dying, Paul Kent, is that when he dies of a heart attack, that's a thing Superman can't do anything about. He's powerless Which makes to it, it sad. This mm-hmm. is a scenario where he could have done something about it, and that's what makes it not sad but stupid. No. What's stupid is that he could have, but the reason that he didn't was stupid, and it was made up. Whereas opposed to... to, to uh, uh, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. his great hubris was that he could have and didn't because he was stupid. You know what? We promised we wouldn't talk about Man of Steel anymore. And we just, you it's know, really hard. That was an not end of the year gift for us. That was that felt. Did that feel good? It felt like a gift for me to you and you to me. So yeah. there okay. You go. Merry this Christmas. is now we're going to get into this next segment here, and this is going to be all you. So let's talk. I mean, I read oh, a couple of these, but most of these are you. Is it all me? Uh, Swamp Thing number thirty-seven. This is notable uh, because I have decided. That Charles Soule is a, is allowed to write uh, John Constantine. Oh, interesting. Because a he does a pretty good job of it. He he shows up every once once in a while in the Swamp Thing book, as he should, because yeah, people who know the history of John Constantine know that he first showed up as written by Alan Moore in a Swamp Thing book. That's looking where he like comes. Sting. From. Looking like Sting. Uh, in Sting. Quad, is it was it in Quadrophenia specifically? I Possibly. think that was the it was deal. Like skinny, spiky haired mm-hmm. Sting. It was yeah. It was like mod Sting, uh, sting from Quadrophenia. Right. Um, Not loot playing Sting. Anyway, uh, he and he and Apple Swamp Thing met in an apple orchard <laughs> located somewhere in New Hampshire. In well, this, I was inter- I was reading this issue. Um, I really like Charles Soule he writes the book. I also really like the machine people. Mm-hmm. However, however. Mm-hmm. 
I don't <laughs> like that it's still all these avatars fighting each other constantly. I I, ha- I had that feeling. It's 37 issues, and it, basically that's what it's been the entire time. And it's like the red and the gray, and now the machines. And now the machines may be interesting, and I kind of mm-hmm. like it. But at the end of the day, it's still what it is, and it's and just like you know, tell a different story with this character. There's lots of them. Are I know that. what you're getting at. Uh, I, I wonder I think if they're it, afraid because of the Alan Moore stuff to try to go in that direction. But like, well, I mean, like it's it's a it's a formula. It's a thing that they can do. It sets up a, a mythology, and and it's the same thing. It's the Green Lantern thing. It's the same problem. That was interesting yeah. and novel at first, and then after three years, it was like, can we do do something else besides these these cores fighting each other? Now it's the same thing with Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, There's nothing against the creative team. I think they're fantastic. I think Jesus Sayas is a great artist yeah, for this true. book. He's wonderful for this book. And Charles Soule can write all these characters, but it's just like, okay, what's the next? Well, he's almost done with it. So no, but then they'll be the think. fucking haystacks or whatever. Yeah. Bo. You know, they'll be <laughs> the haystacks. Synthetics. Plastics. Yeah. Plastics. I liked the reveal at the end. Yeah, I did too. It's good. It's a good book. It's just I want a different core. I, no, I absolutely understand what you're saying. And I I, 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 I think I pretty much agree. But it's well done, so it's a little... And also, Apple Orchard in New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure that was the place up the street. I'm just saying. Wolf I, you know. No, but he does a good... And like like Constantine was... I don't know, he looked right. He was smoking. I was like, all right, I'm just going to imagine this is my job. He was uh, smoking in not the most recent episode, but the one before that. <laughs> he should. Yeah. He should. He got his. He got out of. Uh, he got out of cancer, famously. Um, Wolf Moon number one is a new number one from Vertigo Comics, and as I am contractually bound, I love that you you will shun every other comic geek thing and say you're not a part of it, but you will buy every. You will read every every Vertigo number one. That's true. It's true. Um, I, the other reason is this was by Colin Bunn, as drawn by Jeremy Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um, they've both done stuff I like. I like Jeremy Hahn a great deal. Um, that being said, uh, if you like a pretty much straight up werewolf movie story, werewolf story, you might like this. Hmm. Uh, I am not the target market for this kind of thing. I thought the dialogue was really well done. Well, you're not was, a horror guy, despite the no, fact not that at you all, really but like even, the other book we talked about, the uh, action comics. But yeah, I'm not a horror guy, and and then also like like as you really get into like the super traditional monster stuff mm-hmm. you know like frankenstein like Wolfman, fan, yeah that kind of stuff like that really doesn't it's, I, I wouldn't ever seek it out as a thing but i read it and i think if you dig wolf stories this will probably be good um it looked good it read good it's it's the the setup is sort of that the, the wolf is it's not like a single carrier it shows up sort of randomly hmm. and, it, and it just like kills virus kills for fun i guess like they're sort of trying to figure out what it is and there's this one guy and he's following the wolf around and we're trying to figure out why and i think it's because it killed his kid or he was the wolf or something um there's there's like a a, a bit of a mystery of the people involved in the wolf chasing going on hmm. it's all well done well set up uh it's it's not my bag looks good um i han is also drawing the, the constantine book i think huh? i'm sorry constantine uh <laughs> the dc version solo uh, yeah but if that sounds like something you want, go for it. Well, you're not a you're not a horror guy, but you're a war guy, war comics guy. So I was very excited to talk to you finally about War Stories number three, the oh, final whoa, whoa. part of I three. I have a call. I have a oh, you, I have to just go ahead. You son of a bitch! You didn't read this, I, did you? I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it when it just is one thing because I, I it's the same thing. I got behind and then this is issue three of three of the story. I of, have Vertigo number ones to read that I don't really want to read. <laughs> 
Well, this was the first arc that was on Avatar. This is Garth Ennis's War Stories. Speaking of Tin Cup, tin cup Comics. And uh, this was good. It wasn't great. It might have been the weakest War Stories he's, he's done. Well, that's not helping. You'll, you'll still like it. Because the best part of this is that the artist who is not really great at drawing people is really great at drawing planes. And this is all about a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a B-27, I think. Or B-17? I'm opening the issue. And uh, the Flying Fortress. Which one was that? Uh, B-17. Come on. Flying Fortress B-17 or the yeah. B-24 Liberator or the B-52? The Flying Fortresses. The Flying Fortress is the B-17. Yes, that's what it was. B-17. That's the Memphis Bell one. Yes, that's what it is. 24s are the, the Liberators. Those are the ones that, that Doolittle's raid over Japan. Right. And the B-50... No, is it B-52? What's the one that dropped the bomb? Is that a B-52? Probably. Anyway, this was um, there was a little dual storytelling going on. One was the missions. The other was that this this pilot had met a widowed English woman, a little older than him, well, nine years older, with a kid, and uh, he's been, you know, slowly not romancing, but spending time with, making time with this woman, and the kid's been not liking him because his dad's dead from the war, and uh, so it's been surviving the battle and also surviving the the kid and navigating that whole thing and it, it was it was good but you know if i'm being honest it's probably one of the weaker ones that he's done mm-hmm. um you know i think back to like night witches and those books those are really so amazing and even going way back to his vertigo war story stuff so you know he's been doing this for a long time it's not, not all gonna be spectacular but really josh for you and anyone else who likes this kind of thing just check it out for the the stuff, the the war no. stuff, the plane stuff. He this guy can draw the heck out of planes. I don't mean not to. Yeah, I gotta, I'll put the I'll, I'll load those up with all the private eye stuff. Although the the storytelling got a little wonky. This this ended in a big big battle in the sky, and a bunch of people you know got shot up in this plane, and I was losing track of who was who. But I guess that's part of the fog of war aspect of it that's a, that's a storytelling excuse <laughs> i'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here yeah they're all wearing you know the 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 masks for the atmosphere and their helmets i don't know who's who they uh they had no heat up there right it's cold that was just that was just uh it was just for for oxygen but other than that they were freezing yeah. and uh, especially uh sean astin in the ball turret well it <laughs> was the bombardier in the front about the ball turret in the front ball turret's the one on the belly that's right. Uh, then there's the tail gunner out back who's in a similar situation, but the ball turret guy is completely enclosed. Yeah. Bombardier sits under the pilot. Yeah, he and, sights the bombs. Anyway, yeah, yeah. this was okay. I'm going to say okay. Grayson number five I wanted to mention briefly because it was an f- interesting story. It was what would happen if Dick Grayson, Helena Bertinelli, and um, Midnighter crashed a plane in Saudi Arabia and they had to protect a baby. And that was really the whole issue. <laughs> they just were traveling across the desert. As Midnighter kept advocating, they kill the baby. And <laughs> because they couldn't, they couldn't take care of it anyway. And the heart was like this, this heart at superpowers. Actually, what was interesting was it became sort of like a, a, an Arabic Superman story because the baby has these special powers. And it's, there was some magic in his heart or something. And that's what, the, you know, Dick Grayson's organization, Spiral, and Midnighter's organization, I can't remember who, both want the baby for the, to, to, to get that power. So and, Midnighter with Dick Grayson, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it? it's been a very interesting thing. He keeps threatening, they keep threatening to fight. And they're, just, they're just teasing that out. I think he's attracted to Dick. Well, obviously, who I wouldn't mean, be? I mean, Grayson. Who wouldn't be? He's a handsome man who saying, doesn't realize how handsome he is. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And uh, he would be the star of every Hallmark Christmas movie. Anyway, um, so at the end, the, what happens is the, the, a, a truck, an old pickup truck with a, with a Saudi Arabian couple comes across a passed out Dick Grayson with the baby. And it sort of like mimics the Jonathan Martha Kent moment. And they take the baby home because they always wanted a baby but couldn't have one. And, and this is a kid with superpowers. In fact, at the end, the mother had left her cell phone in the crib and the kid picks it up and crushes it. So I don't know if this is a story they're going to continue. He just at some hates point. technology. Some, well, at some point, it was just ringing off. Somebody kept texting. It was just, I don't know if it was a story they're going to set up for later or if it was just one of those kind of cool things that's going to be out in the world. Um, but it was a really interesting story and then the ending. I really liked I think that's my favorite issue of Grayson. And now here we go. I blew this one because I meant to read this and I forgot. It was on sitting on my stack and I forgot to read it. Yeah, uh, did you read the first Tooth and Claw? No, I had them both together. Okay, Tooth and it's a, that's a that's a lot of reading to be honest with you. The two of them, Tooth and Claw number two uh, is the second issue of of uh, Kurt Busiek and what is the name? Dewey, Ben Dewey, I think I'm gonna say Benjamin Dewey. That's what it feels like to me. Hey, I was right. Uh, Jordi Belair on colors. Um, so you know it looks good. Uh, their sort of fantasy magic world of of anthropomorphic animals, and they all one of the people who it's very structured society. And a warthog says we can use our magic to summon the great champion, and then that will fix stuff. Uh, and it causes everything in the world to crash down around them. And so this is the aftermath after everything has fallen. Um, this is definitely Paul's kind of book. Is are you enjoying this? I am, but almost more for the elements than the overall aspect of it. I really like how Kurt Busiek's mind works in terms of storytelling. Mm. I, I, I really I enjoy watching him work things out because he's really he's he's masterful. He's very very good, um, as we've seen him do over and over again on Astro City, just in being able to come up with all of this stuff and right. and really telling it clearly. Um, and then the other thing about this is it has a super, I don't know how long I want to do this forever, but it has a really traditional, uh, comic book, uh, speaking style. Like, mm-hmm. like, like they're all these magic animals and like the sin, it's like the scrolls of perceptos, I require them. And I was just mm. like, that's all I, I love shit like that. It makes me right. laugh when people can do it sort of quite, you know, exactly. And like everybody's a little, you know, formal and, and yep. Yep. It's like, you know, like Thor speak or something mm-hmm. like that. And so in this one. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's, there's casts of people, well, not people, but animal people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was a thing with like a, these Buffalo people in the last one. And, and then like the other guy comes to a bit of a social consciousness and then the champion, uh, awakes and there's a, a lot of schlong. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's the, really the main thing. Uh, there, and, and there's a reveal about that and that sort of is, well, I, I, I did want to read it and I, I, what's funny is I'm trying not to say anything. That's fine. What's funny is that. Since since I haven't read the first one, when I looked at the when I looked at the the, the list this week, I didn't see it. You know, didn't register because I don't. It's not a title that would stick out yeah, because I haven't read it. But I had pulled it aside anyway to read because I knew I wanted to. So this this morning when I was picking up the, the image books to read, like when Birthright, and mm-hmm. I saw it and I went, oh, that mm, that must be out next week. And, <laughs> I, and I just I just didn't read it. Um, it's you know it's really well done. It's a good-looking book. It's a well-written book. It's a really fleshed-out world, and there's a lot left to see, which is uh, is going to be a really interesting ride. Well, now I'll definitely make a point, hopefully, this yep. weekend to read it. Yep. So those are the comics we're going to talk about this week. It was a weird week. I didn't read a single Marvel book. I read one. Which I don't mm-hmm. know when that's ever happened. 
what was the Marvel book I read this week? I don't even remember it. That's not good in general. Yeah, so that's weird. But those are the books. If you want to talk about other books, go to ifanboy.com. You can find the post for this show and tell, talk about these books, other books you read this week, anything you want to talk about. Inhuman, Charles Soule. At ifanboy.com. Good series. I don't think we've talked about it very much at all. I actually like it. Mm. So it's our, it's our second to last show of the year. We wanted to go over some bests of the year. On the old website, we used to run a bunch of best posts. And uh, so we wanted to just highlight some of our favorite series, some of our favorite writers, artists, not by any means make it a definitive list or declare one best, but just a couple of people that we felt like really owned it this year. And what was interesting to me, and I'll just start off the conversation, is that I was looking through the list of all of our picks of the week in preparation for next week's show. And it was really well spread out this year. You know, like in past years, we would have a lot of repeat books, a lot of repeat creators, but there wasn't really anyone who dominated. Uh, Scott Snyder probably did, but you know, there was also a good, pretty good spread of people. That can we just, just can we take? I'm going to mention something that we can table it. And we can get back to it at some point or another. Mm-hmm. But Scott Snyder and Frank Miller doing Dark Knight Three. Just table that. Put it I've, to the side. I've been ignoring that story. I don't. I. I. I well, we could probably figure out if it's a real thing or not. But I will. Just my my first instinct when I saw it was, all right. I, okay, I'd be down for that. I would be down for it, but I just not meant emotionally ready to enter that story. Oh, I. I was like, I actually got like I got uncharacteristically like oh, <laughs> <laughs> because I. I. You know. You know. They're just. I think that could work. Is well, what if I'm you go by p- picks of the week. Um, and we'll again. We're gonna go by the, through the numbers next week. Scott Snyder is probably the writer of, of the year. He he had six of them, which is by far the most of any. Spread writer. out between all of us. I haven't gotten breaking down the numbers like that yet. Right. I haven't done the, the I haven't done the calculations yet. Right. But I'm just looking at the list here, and I see his name like six times, which is more than anybody else. Um, but you know, in terms of writers, this was an interesting year. We we, we had a lot of image books. We had a lot of guys really flexing their muscles off of superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think Remen- you couldn't really talk about it this year without talking about Remender and his image work. And I'm even yeah. really enjoying Axis, his his Marvel crossover. So I think. He's having a really great year. Scott Snyder had a really great year between Batman and he ended up the wake and he brought back American Vampire and he did, he's doing uh, Witches. Witches. I mean, that's a really great spread of genre right there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's all kind of horror-y based, but different kinds of horror, sci-fi horror, sort of traditional horror. You I know. don't feel yeah. like there's a, I mean, like... <sighs> I don't feel like that. Like, there's been other years where it was just clear. We would just go, "Oh, Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Jason Aaron." Right. But it, I don't feel that this year. And I had a hard time. I mean, for the one thing, over at Marvel, you're still in this situation where we've been with Marvel now, whatever, for a couple of years. Where there's, there's like, there's not many guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's a few, and um, I feel like uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick has had a really good year. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, at the same time, like her books didn't really done anything for me, so it's hard for me to speak to it. But I definitely see a groundswell. Uh, like when she does a book, it's exciting for people. I mean, like that's one of the names that sort of pops up, but I don't know that I can speak to it. Um, and at the same time, I, you know, one of the other one of the other names that showed up that I I think is interesting to me is that I think Mark Miller's had a great year. Yeah. Uh, in really breaking out of did a, a two or three image series, and really broke out of what we thought Mark Miller was. And and for a guy who has achieved the mountaintop like that and been almost completely written off by me, mm-hmm. uh, it was really cool to see like the stuff that I remembered about what I liked about his work early on. Right. 
so I think I think writer wise that was a that was a really interesting writer. Um, I think even I mean it's it's hard to still not talk about guys like Jason Aaron. I was looking through the list and Thor went sure. through three quarters of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. and we love that book, and uh, I love Southern Bastards, mm-hmm. and he's one of those writers where right now almost everything he's doing I'm really loving. And they're ordering a million copies of Star Wars number one. Yeah, so that's pretty. Gonna, good that book's going to be huge. Yes, it is. Um, this was a an interesting year. I mean, and then I guess one of the other names we had actually just talked about, Tooth and Claw, but uh, Kurt, Kurt Busiek, um, I think has had the, re- releasing another book that I think is, like he used to do, he's actually been doing creator-owned work for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Aerosmith, Shock Rockets, you know, like he's done this all along. This isn't new for him. He didn't like, oh, let me step away from Hulk for a bit. He had always done that. The guy has an expansive imagination. Um, but I, the thing to me that's interesting is that A, they're, you know, his work's very different from itself. But B, like, he brought back Astro City and he's kept it up. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing that it's not getting old and it's not no, feeling old or tired. Than, it's better than it's been in years, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. Because it had really, like, it had been, it's been around a, 20 years. It's been around a long time. And for a while, it got not good. And we thought, well, that's it. And then all of a sudden, like, renewed focus, you know, creative energy, like, he's, he's making it great every time it comes out right um so that's really cool to see again i sort of like miller in a different way you know like he's, he's sort of come back to to assert his well i think i think skill. you can also throw warren ellis into that too i was well my first my first book if we were going to talk about series was that six issues of moon knight well i, I mean start with moon knight but then he also has a couple of books at image now mm-hmm. and they're all yeah and i feel like i'm i haven't been reading his books regularly in a long time but he was also one of the people that Helped establish iFanboy in terms of con- like the content. Like we were all loving this. This is when we started the show. We started iFanboy. It was back during Planetary and Transmetropolitan and yep. and that whole sort of era and the Authority. And I think the the thing about those is though is that those were all very long. And I feel like he doesn't have the attention span to do that. Sure, anymore. but I feel like this year I read a lot of Warren Ellis books, which I had <laughs> and I could not say probably for the last seven years. Yeah, and I really liked them. Moon Knight was a really spectacular run. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. talk about artists then. That leaves us with like guys like Declan Shalvey. I, I mean, that's that's again going to be the first thing on my list is his work on Moonlight. This Moonlight, 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 <laughs> Moon, um, Moonlight. I, I I think that was him taking a major step forward. Mm-hmm. I, I've always thought he's a great artist. I mean, he is. Uh, he's somebody who has a style of his own. It's definitely like it's his thing. There's there's influences from other people, but when he got that. Moon Knight thing, and now he's off. He's going to do creator own stuff. You haven't seen him for a little while because that's getting done. He works tirelessly. He cares about his craft, and and as soon as you open those those Moon Moon Knight pages and flip through them, you saw like, oh, oh, that's that's next level stuff from him. Um, so he, he he should be one of those guys, you know, right now, which is really cool. Um, I would also mention like the whole image stable. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, well, the whole stable because they put a lot of books. But my my first, you if you were to ask me, the the one thing I haven't had to struggle with, uh, if you were to ask me what artist I think just blew me away this year, I'm going to say Matteo Scalera. Who needs to fucking stop it? Matteo Scalera, I, I would say Greg Tokini mm-hmm. on Low. I would say Jamie McKelvey, Wes Craig on Deadly Class. Yeah, you know there was, and, and all those are great. But compared, like I I really I yeah. look at the Matteo Scalera stuff as. It, it, like from out of nowhere, massive energy, massive imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
right up there with you know like the quietly stuff that we saw this year like it's been that good for me i've really loved it yeah i mean i i was making a list and he's the first name i wrote down actually so i mean i think if we were probably doing a a list we said we weren't going to rank them but if we're doing a top 10 list i think probably he'd be number one right of this for this year Mm-hmm. Because he or, only, or, because or, in, the, in the middle of that great run on on Deadly, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, Black Science, he also did a great issue of Batman. Yes, he did. I forget. Yeah, it was a pick of the week. Yeah. So it's um, just like he, he and we loved him before, but this was the year he really broke out of that into like that into into a big deal status. Yeah. And we talked um, about we talked about Aaron Cooter in the show. I think he'd be did. worth a mention as somebody who's really like you know you're taking a Superman book, Action Comics, the original superhero you know title. And not literally, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, making it his own in a style that's not in a house style of DC, and it's really interesting and, and elevates that book, which is what you want. Your, you know, the art should tell the story and also should elevate it. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that with with Action Comics. Um, you know, and at the same time, I think I think Fiona Staples mm-hmm. and the work that she's doing on Saga is you know it's top five in the industry. Yeah. You know, like like just and you know again totally unique totally you know her own thing is that world gets fleshed out more and more that has a that that book has a visual language to it has a style and it just works it works so well um yeah i can i i i mean i can't imagine anyone else doing that book it wouldn't work yeah as i say they'll probably be a fill-in artist at some point i mean even why last man had fill-in artist but you know it's she's created this world and it's so believable we talked earlier about um, of Bresson's stuff on Birthright and uh, how d- designed it is. And she does the same thing there. She's designed this whole world with, with full of aliens and creatures that feels very real and lived in. Yeah, definitely. Like, like Star Wars, like the first Star Wars. Yep. Comes alive. Yeah, which was, yeah, which is exactly the thing with that. Yeah. I, you know, I, and it's become cliche to say, but I think Greg Capullo is still doing masterful stuff on Batman. Um, Cliff Chang wrapped up Wonder Woman this year. With with Brian Azzarello, he did great work. This was Michael a really Lark. Michael Lark, 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 oh, definitely. This was really, you know, for a, a modern era that's mostly about writers. This was a really great artist year, and I think this is probably, I would say, it was the year of the artist. Because there's feels like it for me. There are, I think, there's more great art going on right now in mainstream comics than I've seen in a while. The craftsmen too. Yeah, like they ha- they have to bring the style. And and then they Phil Noto is uh, I I, should, I, I was rem- he did remiss. a big step forward this year yeah and uh, like his skill on top of his style which are you know sort of two separate things they're mm. they're working really well together um, I mean it's it's a it's a it's too many it's 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 it was really hard to start narrowing stuff down and um, and there's just a lot of skill behind it like I feel like everybody took this leap I mean we don't even talk about Chris Somney but because. Chris that guy's Somni, at the point yeah. where he's so good. Frank Avia like, on Afterlife with Archie. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of great art going um, on. We right didn't now. we didn't talk about uh, we mentioned her I think last year's but Jordi Belair mm-hmm. um, as the unifying color force of comic books in general. Right. Um, well, we didn't mention her because it's it's she's def- by default colors all of the comics. Yeah, so but that, I mean, that, that, her Nathan Fairbairn uh, doing the coloring mm-hmm. also has had had some Dave really Stewart's great stuff. Yeah, and Dave Stewart, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, we're it's an embarrassment of riches, I guess, sort of. Um, I'm going to throw out two names, one from each category that we didn't mention, but we should. Isad Ribic on the art side. I was, and, yeah, you beat and, me to uh, it. Charles Soule on the writer's side. 
Uh, yeah, um, definitely. And I think you could even say you could you could mix it up a little more, and you could add uh, Gabriel Hartman and, and Karina Becco for mm-hmm. doing a lot of things. Star Wars Legacy, story. and then they did that Hulk thing, and they're doing the, they're doing the Hulk arc, the two-issue mm-hmm. two, two issue arc. and Just did that Wonder Woman story yeah, we talked about last really week. Good. And also the creator-owned stuff, Kinski, and things like mm-hmm. and you know, and the projects that are coming out from other companies. So I think that, that I don't know if I can name or not, so I didn't. That's why that sounds uh, 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 Josh Williamson is another guy mm-hmm. we just talked about. And just, I think that's his first pick of the week. Um, he's been around for a real long time, and I really like the kind of career that he set up for himself. He mm-hmm. does... His own books. He does some stuff at Dark Horse. You know, he's done he's done Marvel and DC before a bit, but like he's he's doing these books with Skybound, um, Nailbiter, and and uh, Ghosted. I want to say it's Ghosted. I keep saying the word Haunted, Ghosted, whatever. It's Ghosted. You know, those are those are genre horror books for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and again, not really my thing, but they're good books, and and I re- like it's a cool career that he set up for himself because he's a guy who's who's making who's making his way. He's making his living, you know, and he wasn't a big star from Marvel or DC. Right. Um, but then he's got these other books and he's got Birthright going on now. That's going to be a big deal, I think. I think um, I think what we're, we're doing in this rambling conversation is highlighting how great a year and how great a time it is for comics right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many great books. So, you know, we talked about this. We joked before how there's too many great books. You can't read them all. A lot of great talent. This was, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this was 2014 was the year of the art, artist in comics. Steve Lieber. Great, great year. So yeah. those are some of the best things in comics this year. Again, by no means comprehensive. I'm sure we forgot something pretty glaring. And if we did, you can tell us, I'm sure. My favorite series of the year was Minimum Wage. Maximum Minimum Wage? Oh, that, was the, that was the big Maximum one. Minimum Wage was the collection. Minimum Wage was the six-issue return to it. I thought I it was the Royals. That, that was my favorite. Well, I like them both. Okay, I can't say favorite. It's too hard. <laughs> I the Royals Master War. That was that was like they're very different books, so it's easy to like both of them. That was Lazarus stuff. No, but that's the one that if you don't read, I will come for you. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that you got to figure that's got to be near the top if you're going to come for people. I, I, it's it. You know, let's put it this way. Um, it is the kind of year where it's it's impossible to pick a favorite. True. And 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 be, and that's that's because of of diversity. And and I really I really like that. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. Great year for comics, 2014. Mm-hmm. Next week we'll come back. We'll go through the picks of the week and talk about uh, you know, those numbers and how often things got picked and that kind of thing. It's always fun to look back and see how the year was to see if people's perceived biases are correct. They usually are. We're going to skip the audience question because we went long, but uh, you can email us at contact.fanboy.com or call our voice by line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Keep your voicemail around 30 seconds if you call in. And Scott already worked with Stephen King, so he made that work. He Listen, make- I'm not saying I don't want to read it. I just saw, I read the headline and I went, nope, can't, can't deal with that right now. <laughs> Cannot <laughs> deal with that right now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Bruce Campbell and Nathan Fillion getting cast in everything all at one time. Yeah, I, I, I can't. But not because that would be stupid because they're old. <laughs> so real quickly, the holiday schedule. Next week, episode 466 is our last Pick Leak show of the year. That'll come out December 14th. We got to that December 21st. You'll get the all-media show with me, Josh Lanigan, and Mike Romo talking about the year in comics and movies and TV shows and books and other things. That's usually lots of fun and long. It'll be a long show. Then we'll take in our traditional year and holiday break. This one will be slightly longer just because of the timings of things. But we'll be back with episode 467 on January 11th. So you I, also a, got, I also got to get my drank on. You'll get a couple of weeks. We need a week in there for Josh to dry out. 
for his traditional year-end uh, yeah. booze fest. So uh, next week, I don't drink. Asterisk. Four sixty-six next week. All media show the week after, and then it'll be a bit of a break. And we'll be back four sixty-seven on the eleventh. And uh, meanwhile, head over to ifanboy.com. Come on in this show. Talk about this week's books. You can find all of our podcasts there, including our special edition shows. And the all media show will be there as well. All that is ifanboy.com. You could follow us at twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy. And had you done that, you would have seen what the pick of the week was before you listened to this show. And you would have had a chance to read up on it and say, man, I got to get those three issues of birthright because they're, they're pretty sweet. Yep. Uh, you can also follow us individually at C.S. Kilpatrick or at Fuzzy Typewriter, who is on a train. And at if Jay you had Farnicum. already followed him, you would know he was on a train and you'd follow his train adventures. You would. You would his train his train ventures. His train adventures. That's Whatever a book we need to pitch. Train ventures. Train ventures. That Fox. could be either about adventures on a train or or business uh, building businesses about trains, which wouldn't sell as well. Or the band train. Nothing. <laughs> you don't even know who they are. I, no, funny story. Uh-oh. I was in a motel room at a like a bike thing or something, whatever, and I was watching the Today Show, which I don't ever watch, and some band. Like they were like, we're gonna be back with a musical guest after this. I was like, oh, it'll probably be like Train, and I didn't really know who Train was. And they started playing, and it was actually Train. I was like, oh, look at that! I nailed it. And they were exactly what I thought they would be. In fact, even worse. <laughs> Finally, if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. Better yet, tell your friends about the podcast or any podcast you listen to. You know, suddenly uh, the media has discovered podcasts as if they never existed before. Apparently, uh, that's a thing now. So. Um, I feel like I've never read these podcasting is the future articles before, certainly not in 2006. Um, but you can introduce your mom to podcasts. If you didn't get to listen, have her listen during your Thanksgiving meal, maybe during this upcoming holiday season, you can have your family gatherings all sit around the fire and listen to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. We would really Cereal. appreciate that. And help us spread the iFanboy love all around the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Just muck it all in there, all the crevices. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Get that, that mayonnaise on there so it browns the skin. That is it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Paul will be back with our final pick of the week of the year next week. My name is Connor. And I'm Dave Grohl. You wish. You wish you were Dave Grohl. I'm not surprised he's not on the show. See you next week. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him.